Welcome to episode 25 of the Endless Stream podcast. I am Aiden, and as usual, I'm joined by Brian and Kevin. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit talkers. Each week, we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we're going to take a chunk of it and we're going to talk about it. Given the nature of these conversations, they are very spoiler-heavy, so bear that in mind. If you haven't watched what we're talking about, maybe jump off, give them a watch, and come back and join us in the podcast. This week we are watching What If Episode 4, we're talking the trailers of the week, we're talking about VH1's Daisy of Love, and we also get into Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Also this week, we are announcing the winner of our commission giveaway competition. We have reached 150 followers over on Instagram, so we'll throw everybody's name into a hat, pick a random winner, and then let them know that they've won the prize. Thank you to everybody who gave us a follow. Thank you to everybody who's listening. We're going to be doing more giveaways as the Instagram following and the listenership grows, so don't jump off. In fact, tell more people about it. The more people that follow, the more people that listen, the sooner we're going to be doing more of these art giveaways. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. If you use iTunes, please rate and review over there. Anything we can do to help spread the word of The Endless Stream, that would be great and much appreciated. Our Instagram is at The Endless Cast, so if you want to see some of the illustration work that we do to go along with these episodes, or hear some clips, or even just send us a comment, send us a DM, you can reach us over there at The Endless Cast. Or if you want to send us an email, same thing, you know, if you want to suggest something for us to watch or otherwise, the email address is theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Endless Stream, where I'm joined by Aiden O'Sullivan and co-host Brian O'Sullivan. Can we get a a second take of that, please? Can you can you um can you give us uh, mid level YouTube star energy, please? It's your boy Kev. Hit like and subscribe down below. I'm gonna spend the next thing fifteen minutes telling you about shit you don't want to hear about. But if you skip to the end, you'll find out how to get to that treasure box in Zelda Ocarina of Time. Can you say let's get into it? Let's get into it. <laughs> the end of stream. <laughs> So this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about What If, we're going to talk about Shang-Chi, we've got a competition announcement, thank you very much to everybody who entered, who followed and liked us on Instagram, and who spread the word of the endless stream. I was talking to, (laughs) I was talking to, I was talking to my, my, my Maja during the week, my mom, and uh, I just happened to mention something about the podcast, and she was like, oh, you have a podcast, and I was like, yep, and she was asking me what it is. You've only told her now. Yeah, I know, yeah. Most people don't know I have a podcast, and I post about it all the time, and then people respond like, oh, this is your podcast, and it's just like, yep. That's on you. As the person in the group with a following, please tell people. <laughs> I'm always telling people. But I was going to say, yeah, I was talking to my mom. I, if I don't know, my mom really is going to listen, to be honest, um, but I was telling my mom. Does she know I'm on it? She does. She knows you're both on it. Why wouldn't she listen? Well, she told me she wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But that hurts. We should, we should tell my dad. My my dad won't. He's a busy man. But um, I did have to. She did. She did. Great to listen to while you're busy. Well, I was gonna say my mother followed our Instagram page the other day. Are we still on this? Excuse me, Brian. But uh, <laughs> I did have to kind of tell her that, you know, some of it. Maybe don't listen to it. Maybe listen to it. Whatever. But I did have to tell her I took a poo in the woods. Why, why would you be Pardon? okay? Why would you be okay with what? Why would you be okay with like knowing that like once it's online, it's out there for everybody? Mm-hmm. 
but not having told your mum about it yet is a concern and it's not really it's just just warning her that that's the kind of stuff that would be discussed on the podcast also she's kind of wary of the internet and what's put out there which she's right to you know she's not an internet user although she did follow us on instagram i don't she's not even on instagram she doesn't use it yeah no i I think there there is the kind of thing where you like you'll do whatever and put it out into the world but if you tell a parent you know they feel some sort of obligation to go and listen to it and you're like i don't necessarily want you to sit through this this isn't for you this isn't you are not the designated audience you do not care about the intricacies of robert downey jr's costume fitting mostly rough for porn stars I remember reading a while back that every time Trent Reznor released a new album, he'd give a copy to his parents and he kind of always had to preface it by saying like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm okay. (laughs) Here's the latest album, but I'm fine. Don't, don't worry. I don't know if you've listened to the downward spiral, but yeah, like there's a song on that called Big Man with a Gun and I can not in a million years imagine writing it and then giving it to my folks and having them listen to it. Um, and you you got to imagine as well, or I always think it's funny as well, that, like, that's Trent Reznor. That's, that's a successful individual with global recognition for doing this. But there are just random Joe Bloggses putting mm-hmm. out random stuff just like that, you know? And it's, like, without the... Without the critical validation that makes this something artistic yeah, like, but by the, worth looking at. You're yeah, just by the time he released The Downward Spiral, he was Grammy winner Trent Reznor. So, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But another person writing the same thing would be like, you need to be committed. <laughs> like, this this is not art. You're unwell. I love the fact that he has to kind of preface it to his parents, almost like kind of just like, I'm fine this is just what people like or people want from me. I just do it. I facilitate a want. You know, I'm fine. The, the, the funny thing, the funny thing is though, like he wasn't fine at all. Oh. <laughs> it's the other side of it, you know, um, just in denial for many, many years. <laughs> Anytime there's a moment like that, I just hear, you know, Arrested yeah. Development, the voiceover guy. I'm fine. He wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to, uh, he produced Halsey's new album actually came out last week. Who's? Um, Halsey? I don't know how to but I, I know one song that she's on and it's not even it's featuring her, so I don't know. I've always just pronounced it. Okay, I think it's Halsey. I'm gonna say Halsey because it makes more sense. There, I've said it. And you've been recognized as a genius. Hey, look, I spotted that her name was an anagram of Ashley. Like right away. That's just the kind of laser intellect we're talking about here. Just like Yeah. I just like got it right away. Anyway, all I knew was that track she did with Chainsmokers, I think. And even then, I didn't even know that was Chainsmokers until much, much later. I actually think I only listened to it because it was called Closer. I was like, I wonder, is that an Nine Inch Nails cover? And it was not. Ron Howard voice. <laughs> but, um... Are Chainsmokers the people who do Backseat of Your Rover? Yeah, that's that, that, that song is called Closer, I think. And it is not a Nine Inch Nails cover. But anyway, uh, her new album came out last week and Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor produced it and they co-wrote some of the songs as well I believe and it's really good quite liked it what's it called if I can't have love I want power Ooh, I think is the name very of it. cool yeah 
and they made a music video to accompany each track so it's like a short oh, awesome. film when it's kind of all viewed together like the so weekend. you can watch that sure the weekend did that recently good tracks as well a lot of people do it um no the weekend did it first i was gonna say last week aiden was complaining about the amount of times i yawned which was a lot so i apologize you were very I sleepy was very sleepy but i was gonna say um we, we to, to people who want to or who who care to know we record this the audio but we talk on skype and i for the last ages have been mute in skype when i yawn or do different things not realizing that it didn't affect the audio at all it's just that like you weren't hearing it through the through the skype call yeah but last week you weren't muting it on the skype call either no i was very tired last week <laughs> yeah and, and like i wouldn't want you fucking around trying to pause your recording no, I'll ruin it. To allow for yawns or anything. I'm I'm happy enough to just cut that shit out rather than... Me ruin um, everything. Yeah, like, I'm I'm as likely to ruin everything. Like, last week I got the... I got... I got ten minutes from the end of the edit and fucking audition crashed on me. And I had to start from 40 minutes in and do the rest of it. I just... Did the jokes still so end? I so tired for the end. Hmm. No. When you're doing the edit like this, you, you cut out places where we overlap with each other. You tighten up timings a little bit because there's a little bit of Skype lag. Sometimes it's just like, oh, that'll be slag. nicer if I let it land here rather than there. Skype lag. S- slag. Slag. <laughs> Got it. Okay. You slag. You slag. So there is a bit of thought and work that goes into every bloody cut. But when you're doing it the second time on Sunday night at eight o'clock, just like I did, this worked last time. I just whipped through. like you just the the commitment to the quality remained high and didn't at all slag <laughs> off. Um, anyway, um, Halsey's album "If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power" in association with Trent Reznor is that what you said? And Atticus Ross. And Atticus Ross, and that's out now. You listen to it; it's good. You like the videos? Makes I quite liked cool. it. Videos are good. I've only I haven't seen all of the videos yet, but there I think there's a playlist for each track so i've seen some of them um interesting album the kind of themes are you know childbirth and toxic masculinity all my faves it's good quite liked it i remember years ago seeing Leah at the vmas and it was the first time nine inch nails were making an appearance in like five years and the fragile was just about to come out and on the red carpet they were talking to Leah and they were like who are you looking forward to seeing and she was like nine inch nails huge fan and i was like what? And they were supposed to work together and they never did. Um, he was always looking to do a kind of a pop thing with a female vocalist, I believe. So it's cool that some 20, Jesus Christ, 20 years later, almost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it more? It's more. I think that was 99. Good God. Anyway, 20 years later, he's finally got off his arse and made a pop album. Lindsay Buckingham is on it. Dave Grohl is on it. Oh, I know him. And pop is always at its most vibrant when put together by men in their late 50s. Lindsay's got to be older, right? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Speaking of which, ABBA are releasing new music. They are. They're the airbenders. That's what ABBA I told for. you if you were going to say that again. You better fucking explain yourself. <laughs> explain yourself. The airbenders. Say more right they are now. The elements. They are the elements of earth, wind, fire. Water. But why are they the airbenders if they're four elements? Okay, okay, okay. So, what Kevin is saying, I, I assume, is that ABBA have historically... Did you blow your re- nose with a rag? <laughs> like a... 
What was that? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's like a handkerchief. I think that's a shamwow. Who knows? That is not a handkerchief. (laughs) But it is now until I wash it. Clean yourself right now. There is nothing close, and it was (laughs) close. It was clean and close beside me. I use it to clean my glasses. Is that a sock? Just blow your nose. It's a sock sock. next, right? No, it's not a sock. Have it's you ever? <laughs> have you ever blown your nose with a sock? I bet you have. Oh yeah, I probably have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't really get mucusy. It's just kind of when I do this podcast for some reason. There you go, guys. This podcast brings out the mucus in you. Brought to you by mucus. If you're feeling a lack of mucus, put us on for all your mucus needs. I was watching a, a TV show and a lady was, um, it's, it's alone and the premise of it is basically 10 people go out in the wilderness uh, and it's like who can survive the longest alone and she was getting so desperate for food she was just eating her burgers and she said they were getting, she, she said they were getting less salty I think. Well I mean your body tells you what you need so I'm sure she needed it. Boogers. Mm-hmm. You lost me. So have... And ABBA. I'm assuming because Kevin brought this up to some degree. We were talking about ABBA. <laughs> but we're on to snot. Have ABBA historically represented themselves as four characters as, you know, hey, we're the elements where we all come together to make a great thing? Or are you just making that shit up? I have no idea. So where did they get the fucking four elements iconography associated Yeah, why do you this? keep calling them the airbenders if there's four elements? Why are you, you just connecting ABBA with ABBA? Fire air, water air, earth air, wind air. They're so the airbenders. <laughs> They're the airbenders. I don't see why this is struggling why you're struggling with this. That's why they've been away for so long. They've been studying bending. I fucking hate you so much. So much. Yeah. That's okay. So after 40 years, ABBA are releasing new music. My brother played ABBA to death. At one point, he got one tape and played it on a loop for fucking six months. So I hate the sound of it. But I can appreciate... Could have been worse. ...that they are well put together. My brother did Westlife. Uh, Songs and people love them. They look great. They look great. They're computer generated. Are they? They're not not real people Mm. anymore. They are doing some sort of uh, virtual concert thing with motion capture i did think they looked younger than the last time i'd seen them have you seen this footage i was just no just just the photos i was like they look remarkable they look better than the oh, in the in the sort of quasi tron thing they did yeah yeah so they, they've done oh, a full like motion captured gig where they're cging young so they haven't even really got back together that's genius on their part yeah, like they they they're back together in the sense that they've you know they've written recorded new music and they've done this performance and motion captured it. But the the genius part is they've basically animated the gig and they can play it wherever. Deep fake. They've done nothing but send each other music snippets remotely. They've done nothing. Like the seventies are kind of coming back. I see lots of people on the gram, kind of with seventies hairstyles and bell bottoms are definitely a thing and like lots of people never like, went away. younger than me are all like are all really are all really psyched for for like a new abba album but like i didn't like abba i have my reasons but no i never liked abba please go into your reasons no i can't it's personal my dad did cook for them once oh, really? though, which is yeah no, nothing to do with my my negative feelings towards abba but my dad did cook for them once yes when he was much younger yeah and he Juicy gossip. My dad has lots of juicy About gossip Abba. over the years. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Okay. 
they were in he was working in a very fancy fancy hotel where all the celebrities used to come to so lots of stories but uh yes he cooked for apple once what happens in the kitchen stays in the kitchen unless it's a meal at which point it has to go out of the kitchen oh oh a meal, a meal. not, a, not meal. a meal i thought a meal was some loose-lipped chef who talked a lot loose-lipped loose sink ships unless you're a water airbender then you can fly into water drop this joke drop this bit right now <laughs> would you go and see a gig that you knew was just like a video of a maybe if it was like craft work because it fits their whole thing yeah i love fireworks so why wouldn't i how I many years show. away are we from like <laughs> a big headline event with bowie and prince and tupac and Aaliyah and whoever, all deep fakes projected on stage. Yeah, I don't like it one bit. I would say, like, I would say, like, not entirely super far away. Do you remember in Blade Runner 2049 when um, Gosling and Ford are having that fight in the mm-hmm. in the showroom and there's the full Elvis show going yeah. on on stage and the hologram thing? That'd be cool. I mean, I don't have an issue with it as such. Like, why not? It's like literally entertainment. Like, kind of, is it any worse than like, like, say if you're just on stage and they're singing their old songs and stuff, and you're not making them being weird. Like, it's just basically just you feed all of their performances that are recorded into like an AI and they just have like, hey, Dublin, thanks very much. You know, all that kind of BS, but like nothing too personal, nothing too like that crosses the line. But like, why wouldn't you? Sure, it's just like watching a DVD. I think the thing for me, like, a spectacle. The thing for me with it would have to be, it would have to be priced accordingly i don't want to be paid as if i'm going to well, see that, a live that, that's the thing dvd i'd watch at home i think while you're talking about kev like i'd be okay with it in the sense if it's existing footage that they've upscaled and did yeah. a few things I, I don't want any like i don't want any shout outs to like what city and stuff if, if it's a way to enhance the viewing of existing material cool but if yeah. it's like hey they're dead but let's fucking have them up on stage like a like a marionette uh, then yeah, I don't want no. crowd participation or anything. Yeah. Like, you know, or that I, I, I don't want them music. crafted onto another person's, you know, performance capture with a deep fake of their head. That that's yeah. ghoulish. Um, let's not do that. The, yeah, I don't want kind of like new material from these people either. Post mortem. Yeah. Even though Tupac has released more music post mortem than yeah, I I find that very unappealing. Like the, the the idea that like oh, unappealing. I don't, like releasing shit that I didn't think was good enough to release after my death. Do you know what I mean? Like I, this was sketch shit that I had no intention of putting in public, and you're putting it out, and all you're kind of doing is diluting. But there is a degree of sort of maintaining legacy, you know, actually maintaining the the the, yeah. the person. I don't think it's maintaining a legacy though, because the people making the most money anytime something like that's going on is a label. The right label, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's, it's not about preserving a legacy. It's about, you know, mining a resource for yeah, squeezing more cash out of it. Whatever. I think, I think it's sad. Poor Tupac. Because when you think about entertainers yeah, yeah. from like the nineteen twenties and thirties and stuff that like might have been absolutely enormous, that aren't as well served as sort of contemporary. You know, like there's nobody pushing their concept anymore and then you just very quickly get forgotten about even though you were huge at one point you that's, know that's life isn't it's it funny 
existential crisis. We wrote this program to introduce an existential crisis. Uh, I do want to point out uh, as a as a segue to the next topic or as a, 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 a summation or a final thought on this musical section of the endless stream. Brian, because of the way that conversation went, this week's cover art can be Trent Reznor, Aaliyah, Prince, David Bowie. You have a wide range of your favorites to put to procreate. I'm not drawing all of that. You have a wide range of your favorites <laughs> to put to procreate. So pick. Can I just submit an old unfinished Bowie painting I did? You can submit Bowie. You could submit Prince. Okay. You, you've got. Well, a, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. Like, yeah. like I said, we have, um, we have wandered into your field. Please yes, pick from yes. this one of your artistic wandered. potatoes. And yes. did you lure us into your field? No. <laughs> he is an expert manipulator. No. So this week, trailers, uh, we didn't send or we didn't watch a lot of stuff back and forth. I did send you the trailer for Red Notice, which is uh, The Rock, Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. For Netflix did we, see well. a, did we see a villain in that? It's a solid them. Okay. They're all the villains. What did you make of that? What did you what did you make of that trailer? That's a bit that that's another sort of Netflix action movie that looks all shiny and polished and has some very nice looking cars and I think that's will be why I didn't very watch forgettable. Like the whole thing with stuff like that red notice thing is just like like you watch that trailer. Like if you go to that thing and you're disappointed, it's like what were you expect what were you expecting? A you know better I mean? film. No. No. It's exactly what it is. It's fine. I'm sure if I'll watch it it's fine i'm probably gonna enjoy it i, I get a few laughs a few actually bits and pieces i don't care how fake or stuntably it is like it's just it's just like it's a no-brainer like popcorn movie i might not watch it but we'll see did you you did watch the trailer yes no i tried to watch the michael bay reynolds film and i bailed out after 10 minutes what's the michael bay reynolds movie Something, Something six, six, six underground. Six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta start watching his entire back so catalog. So I didn't watch this because it seems to be another Reynolds Netflix movie. So no, I didn't watch the trailer, but not intentionally. It was just more in my mind. It's like ah, it's probably the same as that Bay flick. So I'm not going to watch it. Not a fan of Gadot or The Rock. So. They suck. I, I probably am. Like I like them. I think they're 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 charismatic and they fun aren't. Things, Don't get me started on the rock. I will. I will go. Please on get started on the rock. And I hate. I know. I know. I uh, hear. Look here. He's just, no. Awful. Stop. Stop. He sucks. No, let, he's not he awful. is. Why? He is just let's, let's fake happy. charisma. It's just so forced and projected. I don't buy a lick of it. He's just a big white teeth big voice it's an impression of a person with charisma and i hate it i don't like him where where's the line between charisma and like i mean tom cruise is just big tom cruise kept the movie industry alive for 15 odd years there's nothing fake about that charisma that was very real for the time he made a gay vampire movie and people liked it and went to see it I like The Rock. Can you see The Rock doing a gay vampire movie? No. Yes. Kev, get real. Come on. The Rock sucks. What was Southland Tales about? Was what that? was Southland Tales about? <laughs> what was, was it I about? didn't see it. I was trying to point at something that was vaguely alt for The Rock. I didn't see it. He, he, he played a gay um, 
uh, stylist or tailor, I think, in Get Shorty. So, I'm not saying he. I'm, I'm not saying, saying he can't play a gay. I'm saying he couldn't sell or draw a crowd if he was to make a gay vampire movie. He definitely, he definitely would. I'd watch it. Yeah, I completely would. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, he sucks. And like, there, there's there was a lot at work in that vampire movie. There was. Beyond just Cruise. There was, but, but at the end Kirstie of the day, it was, it was a gay vampire movie. It had Kirsten Dunst, it, it had was... Brad Pitt, it had Tandy Newton, it had Antonio Banderas, it had Christian Slater. Oh, I like all those people. I mean, Tom Cruise barely registers in that film. I can see your screening face when you try bait me with stuff like this. He's the whole movie and you know it. I'd like a remake of that with The Rock. I mean, I would too, because I'm curious I mean, they're now. They're making a TV series, <laughs> that's coming. Yeah, the, the Rock and Ryan Reynolds. And instead of Kirsten Dunst, Gal Dot. I might watch I... that just to see The Rock in a Lestat wig. <laughs> there's, there are a number of Netflix films where they're trying to make big action stuff. And it, there's a, there is something that's just too shiny about you. If every car is shiny, polished and brand new, it makes your movie look fake. I think that's a type of Hollywood. Oh, it is. That was like really, that was really kind of like probably birthed in the early 2000s. And it's yeah. it was called The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Yeah, and Swordfish. Yeah. But Swordfish is a great movie. Remember Swordfish? You mean Operation Swordfish? I don't think that no. Swordfish is a great movie. I do remember going to see Swordfish. I remember sneaking in to see Swordfish because I was just in the cinema with one ticket. I bought at ten a.m. and just wandering from screen Teeth. to screen, and I didn't know what I was walking into. That's and illegal. I sat down, and I saw the scene with uh, Travolta and Jackman, and I was completely surprised when the fucking lights came up the camera pulled back and we saw all the police around them with the guns and like that opening sequence completely worked magic on my teenage brain and I loved it and I watched that movie a lot I know if I go back and watch that that is a steaming pile of dog shit totally film. God, that was Hugh Jackman um, yeah great movie I watched Spencer Confidential that's in the same sort of vein of like Netflix Garbage. making action movies that are like extraction competent, competently made films yeah extraction is great garbage um Remember Extraction? It's good. With, with the directed by the Rooster Brothers and featuring David Harbour and Chris Hemsworth. Not, not not directed by the Rooster Brothers. Wasn't it directed by the Rooster Brothers? No, produced. Directed by that stunt guy. And you can't argue that the stunts aren't good. I just didn't care for the film. We should and talk about that going. next week. <laughs> As an anniversary of our first episode. <laughs> was that the first, first episode? episode? never aired. One of them. It was pretty, it was pretty early on. Dog shit film. It's not dog start, shit. The fucking start. Not dog shit. Terrible. Fucking anyway, the rock sucks. <laughs> the next time I don't want to do this podcast, I should just talk about that and then leave you to it. <laughs> Everybody watched it because it was a pandemic. No, we tried that before and it put the podcast on hold for six months. Let's not do that again. Um, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Shit happened. But I was working towards something here. Gadot, Reynolds, rock. the rock. Gadot. Flashy yeah. movies looking what? too clean. Just, just out of curiosity, what jurisdiction does the FBI have in jewel thievery around the world? You just, you just said that. All oh, the jurisdiction, jurisdiction around the world. Does the Federal Bureau of Investigation have any jurisdiction outside the Federated United States? No, they don't. No, and I don't even think they have. They like, probably have joint operations with Interpol or whatever yeah, they're called these okay. days. So there's probably some logistical jib jab they can point out that would explain why an FBI agent would be chasing yeah, a jewel they, thief. They'll, they'll if they're if they're American it in three lines. Yeah. yeah. If they're American or something and they they stole the Declaration of Independence. 
That's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> National Treasure, Nicolas Cage. You're going to love it. It's a good movie, actually. I, I, I do love that movie. It is a good movie. It's a great film. It's a great film. It's a great film. I'm not mad on the second film. Too much Voight. Yeah, but... I don't understand, and again, it's harder to have these conversations when Brian hasn't watched some of this garbage, because um, I really wanted to weigh in, but... I can weigh Hobbs in. Hobbs and Shaw film. Of course I can weigh in. I don't film. need to see it to know. You're looking, you're looking pretty swole, Brian. That's, I have no idea what's going on. That's a camera, camera trick, whatever the Hob- that is. The Hobbs and Shaw film that we spoke about on a previous episode of this podcast mm-hmm. um, had a weird dynamic between Ryan Reynolds as a kind of um, CIA handler character and his relationship with The Rock's character. Didn't know they were together and in that movie. The, the whole sort of dynamic is like that, that Reynolds keeps kind of insisting that they've worked together in the past and that they're great partners and you know, he and The Rock are best of friends and it's this sort of like he's forcing a friendship onto The Rock's character and The Rock is resistant but they kind of do work together and like he is just his voice on a phone or a guy you meet at a table and it kind of ends with a post-credit fight scene where Ryan Reynolds is clearly getting into shit and it's really setting up sequel territory for Ryan Reynolds and The Rock building this buddy cop thing. But it was weird because I don't know where they did that before so are they just alluding to stuff that never ever happened on film and we're I just think you're really overthinking relationship. <laughs> and then by the time we're in Red Notice like are they just trying to build on what they did in Hobbs and Shaw with two different characters or are they the same characters using aliases is this all part of one extended Furious I would say Fast not if it's a Netflix movie then no because Universal own those rights so I would say no that's my guess a, a there's Diesel me weighing in okay so this is just this me is overthinking. You overthinking it it's a Netflix movie where they said hey let's capitalize on that uh, you know banter we had in the other thing but let's do it over here for Netflix and how does the Rock's character from Jungle Cruise factor into his character in Red Notice he's immortal so that's yeah it. I, I kind of got the, he's a conquistador yeah okay that's how. Um, I didn't know that from any of the trailers, but sorry. I'll say nothing until she stops. Fucking Marla is a big rock fan. Um, and I guess my last point, Kevin, having watched the trailer and Brian not. Did you think Gal Gadot's She's not a good performance was pretty good? I think she, I, I'm, I'm par with the other guys. Like I, 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 yeah. I think what I was expecting was standard Gal Gadot, and I feel like she's been working with a voice voice coach during the probably the pandemic, and I was I was very surprised by her performance. Like, who's the best actor of the three? Like, realistically, like Rock's not an actor. Uh, Probably Gal Gadot is probably the best, or she's not an Reynolds. Actor. I'd give it to Reynolds. Maybe Reynolds because he um, actually kind of has a more of an acting background in a sense. But like, they're same, same. They're all the same. She probably sounds just, a little bit. Clearer. I was just surprised, and I'm curious to see if it was like, is that some ADR they did for the trailer, or is that her performance through the whole film? Because the the sort of 
standard Gadot accent that I came to expect wasn't there, mm-hmm. and the sort of bantery t- delivery was much sharper from her. It didn't feel it didn't feel like banter forced to an accent without intonation. You know what I mean? Because we've seen that from her in the past. That like, I know she gets the joke, and I know she's delivering the joke, but just with the accent, it's just not quite hitting. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And I've not thought about it. I just, I just was expecting the lines that she delivered in the trailer to land like the usual lead balloons that they do, and she actually carried them off. So I'm curious to see if that's the whole movie or just they they pumped that shit up for the trailer. Mm. It's probably for the trailer. I really do like these actors and these films. These films. Yeah. These Let's films. Type of films. Type of films. Films. Yeah, like just crap action movies. But you don't like action. Explain yourself. Extraction is a shit film. Uh, you just said you like shit action films. You but literally just said I like shit, shit action, action film. It's just a shit action film. I don't know. You're kind of contradicting yourself. It's just a, a lot of noise with no heart. That's what you uh, like. Noise with no heart. Uh, That's why we're friends. Brian sent us the Wheel of Time trailer. No, I didn't. Told us that he could probably write one. Oh, yes, I things. did. I sent it. Yeah. yeah. Fucking ungrateful. Fuck yeah. yeah. I actually, do you want to hear the Put funny thing? some respect didn't on his name. It. Kev sent us the Wheel of Time trailer? Yeah, because yeah, my, fr- my friend... Brian said that he could write one of these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about the Wheel of Time, Brian, because I have never seen and or read it. Uh, you've read six of the books. Ah, uh, six or seven. I'm going to make so many people so angry. They're fine. Like, they're... They're fine. What's the premise? Um, bu- 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 chosen one, blah, blah, blah. Literally. I don't know. Um, you read... The, 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 <laughs> There's the, got to be something you know, like, to it. I, I could tell you how it starts. I could tell you where the plot jumps to. It's about a chosen guy in a village lady comes to the village looking for a reincarnation of a person at the same time as these dark forces arrive in the village and it's not dune i see it's it's literally every fantasy story written by a man yeah you know back in the 80s or whenever it was um it's i think it's five youngsters have to leave a village i think it's two girls three lads one of them might be the reincarnated version of um some guy uh there's a there's a kind of a force there's a philosophy it's basically magic but uh, men aren't allowed to use it because there's like two sides of it and uh, the male side of the energy has been tainted by the the dark one so any man who can wield magic basically eventually goes insane so it's only women who are allowed um interact with this this energy the force basically and so a lady comes to a village looking for because they know this guy's going to be reincarnated and then at the same time the, the dark forces show up in the village and they're they're forced to flee and they go on this journey and you know which guy is is the reincarnation of of the dude because he's the main character and yeah they're fine like they're they're very very fantasy by the numbers they're not very deep there's some nice ideas in there there's way too many of the books 
Way too many. Um, Who wrote the Wheel of Time? Uh, I think the name he wrote it under is, I think it was Robert Jordan. I don't think that was his real name. I if I remember correctly, he's also the guy who created the character of Conan. Robert E. Howard? Yeah. Solomon Kane? No. No. Wasn't he dead well before? No, you're all wrong. Like, he killed himself. No. James Oliver? No. Robert E. Howard? No. Created Conan and... See, I had Brandon Sanderson in my head. Brandon Sanderson took over the writing of The Wheel of Time because the original writer passed away, but he'd left manuscripts for, like, where they were supposed to go. Robert Jordan? Yeah, no, that's why I said Robert Jordan. James Oliver Rigney. Are we just saying names now? Robert, Robert Downey Jr. No. Hey, no, hold on. He got that one out that time. I got it right. He did. He did, to be fair. <laughs> so, so Mario, you're hitting me on, Ron. Where's the air horn? I think I got it right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a very kind of, it's a bit derivative of like other fantasy stuff, particularly okay. Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. It's not bad. Like I read seven of them. Um, there's too many of them. There's some nice ideas, but like I said, it, it's a very, it's been a while since I read them, but it's very, it's not very deep. There's not a lot more to it than, it, it felt like reading um, like a, an adventure book for Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, they go here, they find a thing, they go here, they flee here, this guy shows up. It's just, it just like barrels through stuff. Um, Kevin has raised his hand. question? Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. And I'm like, and like, no judgment or anything that at all. Like, I'm, it's a sincere question. Mm-hmm. If you weren't overly um, enthusiastic or 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 uh, enthralled in it, how did you manage to get through six books or seven books? People had raved about it, and I was like, okay, I'll stick with it. Yeah. I'll stick with it and see. Um, I was buying the books, like I think I was getting them secondhand in chapters as well. So I was just like, oh, they've got the next one. Pick it up. It was like three bucks or something. So yeah, I was bored. And they're like they're not bad. I'm being a bit harsh, but they're not. Yeah, I get you. They're not amazing. Could do you think could be a good TV show? Uh, it could like that's what I'm saying. Like there's plenty of your classic stuff. Like there's nice ideas in like look, there's nice ideas in there. With I forget the two halves of the essentially the force, but like they refer to it as a, a pattern, and you know weaving it and like to wield this magic, you're kind of like you're you're connecting to the pattern and. Like I said, only women are allowed to do it because the the male side of it is tainted. There's come some nice ideas in there, mm. but yeah, uh, Ursula Le Guin did it ten or twenty years earlier, and she did it much better. So like, what was that series? Yeah, uh, Earthsea. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff I like in there. Like I said, it, it there's there's good stuff in there. It could be a good show. It's a bit derivative. Um, it's quite straightforward. The stuff I like in there, like I said, uh, Le Guin did it better. Um, yeah, so there was nice stuff in there. I like I like the way they talk about, like I said, the pattern and things like that. I like that kind of it's it's borrowing from a lot of different philosophies and stuff. There's a, an idea that just like kind of meditation techniques that you know different people have taught the the main character so like the uh, picturing a flame and a void and things like that for like centering himself it's kind of like there's nice touches in there but uh it's too long um 
it, so it, it feels like there's a bit of a, a scramble from streaming providers to but this is the thing. get a fantasy hit. Amazon are doing this and Lord of the Rings, which is wild. Yeah, like it's but they're spending I can't remember the number, but they're spending an insane amount per episode on Lord of the Rings, like a fucking astronomical amount. It's like nine or ten million or something. I I do think that they they were talking a billion dollars by the time the end of the thing was produced. A billion, yeah. Oh. It's it's bonkers. Oh, geez. A bit excessive, isn't it? Well, it 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 is in the sense that like, what are you getting? What are you getting on screen for that money? You know, like when you by the time you've put all that money in it, is it a six episode four? Six episode forty five minute. I show? didn't like actually how how bright and clean this looked. Yeah. It looks too polished. It doesn't look lived in at all, which I think is pulls you out of fantasy absolutely like, instantly. It's too not, too not to clean, go back to like I mean, that's why I'm I mentioned it in relation to Red Notice there as well. Like I was watching Again, this is back to my obsession with reaction videos as well, but somebody watched Highlander and there was a bunch of clips of Highlander in there and just Christopher Lambert walking down a New York street in his dirty old trench coat on a dirty looking fucking street with a old shitbox beater of a car tailing him. Like the world looks lived in a bit, you know, it it really does add something like the Mm -hmm. the shot was from down the street. There's a bit of grain to the film. He looks cold. There's some smoke in the air. It's not well lit. You know, there's something visceral about that that makes the world feel real and you know i think some of that yep. you know where i disconnected from the witch and i i, I, I kind of get like that where things felt theme parky yeah yeah and like that's the thing i i think there's a couple of shots in this i think they're maybe trying to make it look mm. like a magical place which i kind of get that aesthetic for for certain moments but that like just Costume wise, at least there's, you know, their their stuff looks. It looks like it came straight from the the costume department and went right on them. And not that the costumes are bad, but they they don't look worn at all. It does look super super polished in regards to Game of Thrones because that's my only point of reference really. Or Lord of the Rings. I think people. I I I guess Netflix tried it with are trying it with The Witcher, and people are going to try it with this. I think they're just really keen to get on the fantasy. Uh, it's like sometimes coin, you see, you know? like mm-hmm. I saw like a like this is what fashion was like in the 1920s, and people are putting like this guy's like dressing up and putting on his outfit, and it's all like shiny and crisp and new. And I'm like, yeah, it is, but for the most part, people had that one pair of trousers. They wore it all week, maybe washed it on Friday, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it looked not that it looked grubby, but like it was not this crisp, beautiful whatever. There was like, no fast added, fashion. You had yeah. the shirt you wore to church on Sunday. You know, like the interchangeable collars was a was a real thing because that's what got dirty. So they had these cardboard collar things, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're always we're always we're always we're always going to apply our our modern day ideals to um, past periods. You know, that kind of way. Just looking at the cast, the cast though. In I France, saw Rosamund very, very Pike good. in there. Um, but who else is there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cursing Dunst, she's in it. Infer from that what I I I I think you heard. I think I heard you. Anybody with a brain can figure that out. Do you remember when um, (laughs) Uva Bowl made that medieval film with Burt Reynolds as the king? 
you know it's like okay we we know what this is but not only that there's there's another big hint in there what's the hint who is that what hmm okay no it is Kirsten Dunst right big name cast member no I won't say it yeah Kev can you run through the cast yes Brian doesn't want to appear controversial today no, it's a spoiler. But you you can f- in in the we in, in the wheel of time. Yeah, but you can figure the it Irish out. guy. No, <laughs> I thought you'd get it, but you haven't, so I won't say it. I assumed it was obvious. Kevin, please so read the like, cast list. You know, it's very obvious, but nobody's getting it. Um, Rosamund mm-hmm. Pike. I mean, she's probably the best in it. Exactly. Zoe Robbins. And I'll say no more. Say some more. I don't know what you're talking about. I I I, so if, I assumed it was obvious. Yeah, well, you keep so saying you assume it's obvious and it isn't. So yeah, but if, say but, if, but if but exactly but no but the thing is I was like it's a bit of a spoiler, but I think it's immediately obvious. But if you're not getting it, then it's maybe not obvious and yeah, I would be spoiling it by saying it, so I won't say it. Obvious from the trailer. What what's going on? Please just communicate R- with us. You, we don't you, care about spoilers who, and we warned the class. Who who was the biggest name in season one of Game of Thrones? Lena Headey. Oh, oh, I get it. No, she no, wasn't. No, I get it. She's going to die. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Brian, why do you spoil everything on us? <laughs> you pushed me. I, I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Rosamund Pike's character is going to die. It's ruined. You've oh, that ruins the whole Brian. fucking thing. You'd be the only reason I'd watch it. I hope you're happy with yourself. I've only read seven books. She probably comes back, okay? But I'm just saying, anybody who um, knows anything about casting and shows, you look at it and go, oh, there's a big name. Who else is in it? Oh, she's the biggest name. Interesting. There's, um, that kind of... How do they get her to commit to this show? There's a lady who, um, she's a British actress called Sophie Okendo, but I could, I, I probably butchered her surname and I'm really sorry about that. Uh, Okanendo, but she um she was in Hotel Rwanda, and I think she was even in Hellboy, but kind of I saw her recently in Criminal UK, and um she was really really good in it. That was in two thousand and twenty, and then I, she was in Ratchet, and she plays Charlotte Wells in Ratchet, and she's really really good in it. But like it's funny, kind of that I hadn't seen her before. Uh, really, but then that she kind of pops up in a few things, and it's like it's like it's kind of I always, I well, I know it sounds bizarre to say, it, but she's in the Wheel of Time as well. But uh, it's just I think it's always cool when you see people like kind of like you see them kind of like you know you can imagine them like getting this edition, going from that kind of role to a bigger role to the bigger role, and it's like it's cool that you, you kind of see the system works in a sense, yeah. you know. Uh, and like I think yeah, she's and like Criminal UK, her performance is phenomenal and she's brilliant and ratchet so maybe it's one of those things that she was underappreciated for too long but uh phenomenal the argument of like so, if you can get no yourself doubt. into the system and just do good work over a long enough period of time you, you always see it happen with people that are in tom cruise stuff they tend to go on a bit of a streak when oh if you look at rosamund pike like right around the time she did um reacher, reacher she did gone girl and she did something shortly before it and like two or three things after uh, Jay Courtney went on to Suicide Squad after Reacher and a couple of other things. Um, you always see it with 
people who show up in cruise stuff. They start to if they're if they're, if they're if they're in a cruise thing, then people tend to go, oh, they've just done this with cruise, or they're about to do this with cruise, so they book another two or three jobs like on either end of the thing. So there you go. She's she's not been in anything with Tom Cruise. So I'm going to change the subject yeah. to um to the thing that I suggested we watched last week and I know for a fact nobody else watched but I watched a chunk of it I genuinely would have would have watched it in a, in, in a, in a normal week I'm going to talk about it a little bit and I'm going to suggest that you watch it because I have an update for you um, it's on Amazon Prime which makes it really easy okay, okay? Awesome. it is there on Amazon Prime I think it's 2000 and I think it's 2009 is the listing next to it this came out of the fact that I was listening to a podcast where they brought up this reality show. And I especially enjoyed suggesting it because Brian just went on a rant, not rant, but a, an explanation as to why he dislikes reality shows. Here's the thing, like if I try watch it, yeah. it gets out. I'm not going to last watching it. That's <laughs> the thing. Uh, so it, it'll, it, I don't see a version of it playing out where I'll stick with it. Essentially, I'll yeah, give it a go. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm happy to go on a little discussion with Kev because I think Kev will enjoy it. Yeah, if I can get my partner uh, hooked, it's good. It, so see. this is Daisy of Love. It is the third series of this of love series of shit. I don't know if the rest of it is like this. The person that pitched it to me presented this as kind of just like a milestone in these dodgy romance finding shows. Because it is just a perfect storm of Egypts coming together. And first episode, I found everybody obnoxious. By the fifth episode, you know, I am I am laughing a lot at how fucking ludicrous these people are. The even just I was trying to understand how I'm able to watch this now, where at the moment I think there's a thing that like in 2010, when this was on the telly, I hated that the world was like this. Now, 10 years later, I'm almost able to disconnect and go, can you believe the world was like that? Now, I absolutely know mm. that there's just as bad bullshit going on, but there's something about just how ludicrously fucking Ed Hardy and the fashion is so god-awfully different. And even, I think, I I think the the fashion in it is, was... Like, they are dressed odd for the time as well. Like, they are... One of the... Three of the contestants are a Swedish rock group that are dressed like it's 1985. The hair teased out. Kind of like Twisted Sister vibe. It's... Yeah, but they'd probably still be dressed like that now, yeah, to be fair. absolutely. Um, yeah. This... But I was going to say, do not watch any reality TV show... Uh, you know, if you can, if you can kind of, um, if you can kind of uh, distance yourself from the world in a sense of wow, I can't believe the world is like what was like that. Do not watch modern reality TV show because sometimes you watch it and you're like, we we watch, we're watching the show and like we're like wow, like how long ago was this? And then you find out it was 2017, and it's just like I can't believe he talked to her like that in 2017. And it's just like there's wow. moments in this, there's moments in this where like. This guy was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional fighter, you know, like my dad was addicted to pain pills and I got kicked out of the house when I was 16 and I would fight in alleys for money and then this game show came up and it's like, I'm going to have a roof over my head for six weeks. And like, oh, that's sad. he's then like, no, I really want a, a chance at love with this person. It's like, 
he's having a like a breakdown at one moment and she's like trying to console him he's like 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 i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna fight this guy we'll go into the darkness we'll see who comes back and like if i have to go back to prison again then that's fine and you see her just go what (laughs) who is on this show with me and then it just cuts to a vox pop of her going this is daisy of love not daisy of kill it is this is making me sad it's the fact that it was made like this, the fact that like these are the people, like these people are not well, and they've been put that on the makes show. me sad. But it's but <laughs> yeah. but there's points where the host, there's a competition where they have to like write a song. Three they break into three bands and they write a song and sing to her, and the host is like the host along with a like co-judge. It's like. Well, we all know who the winner here is. And she goes, yep, John. And it's like, John just got naked for those and can't play a fucking lick. And they just look at the one person that was a musician who played a song. You're making me very sad. <laughs> but I just, the host, just keeps going. the host are just looking at each other and looking at this woman and the decisions she makes going, the fuck is going on on this show? Have ye watched Burning Love? Uh... Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Yes. That's. I think you excellent. got me on that. Yeah. But that is like it's got all the ridiculousness, but it's. But you know. But you don't real. feel bad because yeah, it's a performance. Yeah. Well, this it, is that. Yeah. But, but that's that's what I mean. It's like, that that's upsetting to me. And again, that, I know we talk about how fake this is, but the. Uh, and I'm a very gullible and I want to believe kind of person. And the person presenting this on that podcast was like, this was recommended to me by somebody who worked with that producer. And they said, you have to watch it because yes, we filmed it. And yes, we told people to come and look or whatever. But these people, all we did was put booze in the room and these people made the weirdest decisions. Have you watched Unreal? I think it's called Unreal. No. I think it's, uh, I think it's on Amazon too. And it's about the making of... A reality. type of show, a bachelorette type show, um, but it's uh, it's scripted, right? But that's a good show, also. That's actually worth checking. Unreal, because yeah, it's basically and it, it's about like there's there's two producers essentially, and one of them has had a breakdown from like manipulating people into creating drama on the show, and they've had a breakdown, but they're they're dragged back to produce the show again by their toxic boss, and it's like just the two of them being toxic to each other and manipulating the the cast to create conflict for ratings and that's a good show actually okay that's 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 we're watching in parallel with this to to see yeah, yeah, to, to just like and it, it's a scripted like it's it's a drama about the making okay. of of this type of show so it's interesting to as you're saying that the, like a producer recommended this mm. that to kind of watch this and then watch Unreal and realize that, yeah, you know exactly what I'm watching in this fictionalized drama is probably what was going on behind yeah. the scenes of this yeah. this very re- real, like, car wreck. It, it's, it's absolutely a train wreck. And these people are like, she's trying to get her music career going. She's a mess, you know, like... I've I've been sending you screen grabs and stuff as I'm watching it. At one point, they have to shoot an album cover, and you can see the woman who is the photographer's technician, like going through the shots, trying to pick the selects for the cover, and she's just laughing in her, trying to keep a straight face as these fools make it. Because at one point, I sent you a picture. There's a guy that just looks like Will Ferrell, 
doing a character. Yeah. And his name is Weasel, and he is drunk from episode one up until he's gone. And at one point she goes, so what do you what do you do like in your life? And he goes, well, I was an optomechanical engineer, so I make the equipment for laser eye surgery. And I'm like, sorry, what? The fuck did you just say? You know, like, how? Uh, oh, yeah, I just I packed it in and just decided my life should be partying. I'm going to live on my boat. And I'm like, okay. Um, so, Kevin, throw yes. on Daisy a love. Join me. Join me in yes, this. Time capsule or condensed moment of these horrible. Yeah, well, we, we're just after finishing below deck, uh, which is just another level of reality TV show. But uh, I'm down. I'm down like a clown, Charlie Brown. I'll check it out. Cool. So below deck isn't the Star Trek show. No. That's lower decks. Nope. Lower Tell decks. us about below deck while we're in our below, uh, below deck. Uh, oh, there's there's tons and tons of seasons of it, and there's different seasons of it, uh, and you end up like like basically it's just it's about uh, super yachts or really fancy yachts that people own, and then they kind of they hire a crew to to kind of just charter these yachts around the Caribbean or whatever, and then there's really really rich people. Um, book them for a couple of days. They have ridiculous uh, requirements and standards. Uh, just it's just like it's just it's so vapid but it's hilarious because like like they'll have a guest on it and the guest could be really particular about something and then the crew will just be like off camera you know when they do the whole like filming off camera or off the thing kind of diary thing but it's like uh they'll just be like oh god these people are so vapid and materialistic i hate them and they're creeps and all that kind of stuff and it's just like wow these people are on this show how do- they must sign some crazy waivers just to you know like fuck it they can say whatever they want you know that kind of way but uh yeah you, like you have the captain then you have the chief steward the second stew the third stew then you have the bosun the uh first deckhand second deckhand uh all these different uh and then you have the chef and it's just the kind of the drama and the clients that come and all that kind of stuff i tried to watch before uh i think a while ago and it just didn't capture me but a friend of ours recommended it kind of as just trash reality so we put it on and at first me and him ran into it because we prefer our prefer our reality tv shows to have a kind of competitive element mm. to it uh but um this 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 actually kind of like hooked us in it was very it's it's a uh, very funny and like massive respect for some of the people on it because some people like are, are legit like sea captains bosuns all that kind of stuff like you know and they're on this show obviously they they have other kind of goals and things like that like but uh uh some of the people like phenomenal on it like super impressive really really great and then other people and like we watched the reunion episode last night and one of the one of the people on it uh i'm gonna say her name wrong milana or milena she was a bosun on on um the mediterranean yacht season five or something and uh, i really liked her she was great she was really really like forward really fair uh all this kind of stuff and then apparently she she received loads of hate and it's just like why like she was literally like the most logical i know why practical person go on misogyny oh well that that's your answer no, for because everything. because um no because um the captain's female sandy the captain was female i don't think she got particularly milena got i think she got kind of backlash because she had outed somebody for having drugs on board but the thing is maritime, oh, maritime law you just but no but it's just like you can't do it like you can't you just like, you you can't do it 
you know it's just like you're responsible for people on the boat you're on a boat it's like kind of being like you know you're not though <laughs> they're not responsible for the people on the boat well if they're if they're out of their head and something happens in this emergency and they can't they can't uh, uh, act on the protocol that, that that would normally ensue said emergency then that's because I'm not saying it's professional or anything I'm not I'm not saying it's good I'm oh. just saying anyways she broke the rules and rules are rules that's all I'm saying rules are rules yeah and I think like uh, black and white at the end of the day uh, rules are rules like uh, you can't give her shit for doing her job that's what she's employed they all sign contracts she even says in the reunion it's just like well you signed a contract though you signed a contract saying that you wouldn't do those things and you like you know you wouldn't have those things on board for the show and for the boat like at the end of the day it's a job it's law, black and white, just to get over so, it. So, yeah. misogyny. Probably. Yeah. She Anyways. followed the rules. She did her job. Captain uh, Sandy, she's great. Her shit because so, where can we watch Below Deck? It was great. Uh, it's on all four, or okay. four OD. Um, two seasons of it are on Netflix. Um, so, we got two seasons of Below Decks on Netflix. We have Unreal is on Prime. Uh, there seem to be four seasons there. With some weird mm, so, yeah. stuff going on. Season 1 is 2015, but season 4 is 2013. That's some weird shit going on. Um, yeah, season 1's in there twice, yeah. for some reason. Amazon Prime is a weird. mess of terms of cataloging. Ah, mess. Um, but on Amazon Prime, you will also find Daisy of Love. I think... I like. I don't want to watch a lot of that. Rea- I don't want to watch a lot of reality TV shows, so somebody has condensed all of the horrible excesses of it into one 12-episode chaos mess I am I'll watch that and so far I am and it's fun there we go fair shall we talk about what if yes we're on episode four I actually went and I rewatched um the Captain Carter episode last night there's some lovely stuff in that um I've heard some people giving out about the animation stuff in it but I, like I like it I think it's I only made a connection Kind of in my mind, or an observation, watching episode four. And I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody said it. Maybe I said it, but it only really actually occurred to me, like, out loud, watching episode four. But this is very much them trying to do a Spider-Verse in terms of also the visual and the medium and, and the art style. Okay. And I, and I wish that they went more that direction right. with it leaned into it yeah in terms of like making it really visual and stuff especially given that it's it's 3d well but Ryan i think they i get Mandarin the feeling that they looked at it the art director yeah. on it and he's done a lot of the concept stuff i've seen his name associated with a lot of the concept stuff of marvel over the years right yeah um but i am curious to see the work of some of the other because I do see the Spider Verse influence in the, even like the background stuff, the concept it, art. The backgrounds, but what, what when it jumped out to me was uh, with Strange and the Apple, and just like some of the effects they yeah. had on the Apple. I was like, oh, that's very, that's very Spider Verse kind of rendering. I was like, oh, that's what, that's what they're, that's probably what sparked this. Was like, hey, let's you know, Spider Verse is over there. Let's do a, mm. a multiverse thing like Spider Verse and do it in the same style. And they haven't kind of given it the full budget to do it the whole way through because mm. like I said I, I don't like that 3D animation stuff is 2D but that's not exactly what this is yeah. and I think it gets away with it better but sometimes it looks a little bit 
cutscene. Yeah. And it'd be cool if they actually did the full Spider-Verse treatment yeah, on it. I, because I they're realistically... To like like measure they, it and still keep it very anchored in a stylized, you know... Yeah, and it, it, does, it doesn't have to be kind of, you know, stop motioning and like fully that level. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of like the the kind of fidelity yeah. of the the aesthetic as opposed to straight copying it yeah. because like they, they, they've said that these shows have a comparable budget to uh, a feature right right it, 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 so what if well for the other shows the live action and, stuff and that's the thing is like I would have liked them to if they're spending let's say I don't know let's say anywhere between 60 and 80 or let's say around 80 million maybe right for these shows it'd be cool if they did that for the animated show too um i think i think that'd be the difference because apparently it's not really it hasn't really got the same following on social media that loki or wandavision has and i think it's because they haven't really given it the full I, th- I think if they'd invested more in it and went, hey, actually, let's do a Spider-Verse and break it into episodes. Um, because it, it seems to be, based on the episode, it seems to be kind of essential viewing for what's coming up next. And people don't seem to be watching it. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a really frustrating disconnect people have with animation. Yeah. There, there is, yeah. like, I, I, the three of us being kind of animation heads, like, it is still funny. Like I listened to a podcast the other day where somebody was like, you know, I just can't. I'm not watch. I'm not. I'm not going to be a grown man watching cartoons. And it's like you motherfucker. You know, it's a film. Even if it is a cartoon, somebody went and was like, yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty fucking frustrating. Like if if you think animation is just kids, then you're not watching the right animation. But like by that measure, you know, sports are for kids. Everybody <laughs> gets into sports from. You know, a young age, they they end up following whatever team, you know, their dad's following or whoever. And it's like, by that logic, to turn around and say, oh, sports are for kids. Which they are. Sports are stupid. But like, if, if you want to go... They like, are. If you want to... Sports like, as games. As a child, the first films you see... As a child, the first films you see, go say, say you watch The Shark Boy and Lava Girl or A Home Alone, you know, it's like live action movies for children. At that By that logic, I should stop watching films because films are for kids. Yeah. You know, it's dumb. Yeah, like y- you're watching the animated films for kids. Granted, go watch some of the animated content that's for you. <sighs> Good episode. Good episode. Yeah. Um, I was very uh, minor thing. Like I started trying to Google and trying to find who the the effects animators were, the animated team, because it felt like two D. I just had a thought. I was really happy to see the Kirby mm-hmm. Crackle come in. For the yeah. the mm-hmm. Doctor Strange's like evil magic, the like that was really great to see, especially as that is very associated with Strange, and uh, well, I guess Strange is more a Ditko character, but all the magic that we've seen from Strange has been the glowing wheel stuff. It was nice to yep. see some of that Kirby energy coming in. Um, sorry, you had a thought. I had a thought. Leslie Bibb was back for this episode. Who the fuck was she? Was she the newscaster or something? She's the new, She's playing the same character. She's playing the news reporter that she's played. Um, Two or three of them. Yeah. Uh, Rachel McAdams came back. Yeah. That mm-hmm. character Rachel was Rachel McAdams. Anything that should have been Rachel. I, here's the thing. 
Well, she's got a very distinct mole, which they didn't give her. Here's the thing. Follow me, if you will. Uh, she initially was announced as not returning for Strange 2. Right. And then later it was like, no, she is. She's coming back for Strange 2. Okay. And she's also voicing her character in this. Mm. Now, the only way you could get somebody to come back is if you say, hey, your part's going to be... Significant. Bigger. It's going to be significant. So, and also, the character model doesn't look like her. They didn't use her likeness in the same way because they probably didn't think... She was coming back. They didn't know if they were going to get her back. They probably got her back because they were able to say, hey, you're going to have a bigger part in these kind of films coming up. Leslie Bibb is playing the same news reporter from the Iron Man movies and they brought her in to do this little background thing. Probably also because she's coming back in a film. Basically, I'm saying they probably convinced a lot of people to come back for voicing this cartoon on the premise that they're going to be in future films and it's probably why Scarlett didn't come back, why Evans didn't come back and why Downey Jr. didn't come back because they're not coming back in a major way. But anybody that is voicing a character in the show, we're probably going to see again, including Atwell as Carter. Do you get me? Do you get what I'm saying? I do, yeah. The, the, the fact that Adams wasn't coming back and then was coming back was probably because they're saying, hey, look, there's a bigger part where we're going to beef up your role and there's more for you to do and you've got to come back and do this voice for the thing and that the character doesn't have a mole because they Weren't didn't sure. know if she was going to be back or not and then she came back. But anybody who's voicing somebody in an episode, we can kind of bank on them coming up in a film, I would say. Mm. And that's why we haven't mm. seen... That, that's why Hemsworth is back. That's why... like So Hemsworth came back to voice Thor... Renner's in it, Cumberbatch is in it. Plenty of big names came back, and I would assume it's because we're going to see them in in films, including Captain Carter. Kev, tell me what you thought of the episode. Um, I really liked this episode this time. Uh, oh, not this time. I think I actually think what if what <clears throat> excuse me what if for the most part has been a really enjoyable thing. Yep. Um, and I do actually look forward to say when me and Emer finally get through the MCU and all that kind of stuff, kind of going back and watching these with her because they're kind of fun. Um, I, I like this one because I, I kind of just liked how brutal it was. Mm-hmm. That no, I, I kind of, I like that kind of groundhoggy day stuff to a degree or like kind of, you know, this type of thing of, of, of uh, you know, even as powerful as Strange is uh, or any of these characters, uh, just, they're still, they're still I not. I think she died a lot under mysterious circumstances. Almost as if... Like murder. Like murder. Almost as if Strange at the end of time sees the error of his mistake and it's actually him trying to stop himself. That's why she keeps dying. It's because Strange realizes that going ahead with it will be cataclysmic do you get me huh huh there's a lot of the ways she dies are very mysterious but also very deliberate like having a heart attack Uh, on the dance floor oh yeah getting shot in the pizza shop yep what if all those things are strange that's strange at the end trying to stop himself 
because he's realized his mistake and the reason it actually keeps happening so deliberately is because he's trying to stop himself. So you're saying like kind of when the master what's that lady's name? The ancient one? Yeah, ancient one, sorry, yeah. When she split Stephen in half that kind of created some sort of time loopy parallel thing. Not, not even, not even like everybody's trying to convince him to not do it and he won't mm -hmm. listen. Mm -hmm. And they keep telling him you can't do this because it'll be the end of everything and he won't listen. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it is the end of everything at the end where he's still alive. And what if the version of him alive at the end is the person that's that keeps him. trying to, Going back yeah, and trying to yeah. Because he realizes, yeah, no, this was a mistake. And the reason why she keeps dying in like a lot of the ways are like, like the, the car coming up behind them seems deliberate. It seems like it was a hit almost, you know, mm. and then she has mm. a heart attack on the dance floor and then her building catches fire, like all these things. And like, what if, what if, that, what if it's actually strange at the end of time trying to prevent that happening? Him doing yeah. all this stuff. So yeah. you're saying there's, ten, you're saying it could be three strangers. It was, it's the same strange just the one from the end of time. But yes, okay. yeah. Okay. I don't know. It was just, to me, it Could seemed be. like, it, it, se it seemed like there was a, a force mm -hmm. very deliberately trying to stop it. But, um, Could be. I'm not going to say no because, oh no, I'm going to yawn it, it's going to kill me. <laughs> um, could be. Um, but I'm not saying you're wrong, but uh, I did like it and I did like the kind of how he was consuming all these monsters for centuries and centuries and stuff and how the ancient one did at that point just have to break them apart and he didn't know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh and then like um yes the kind of fight between the strange and i liked how he lost essentially uh but i loved how he pleaded with the watcher because he realized that like it's it was kind of cool because it's just like it was it was yeah it was actually kind of cool because it's just like no matter what he did like no matter what like even learning all the, the the band arts and the ancient magic and stuff and consuming all those monsters and that kind of fight and all those things, no matter what happened, she was always going to die. And whether that death resulted in uh, the end of the world or just a kind of a certain timeline, it was just like she was going to die. Like as in like you can't you can't change the inevitable. Um, but I did like I did like the way that was kind of his motivation for learning the arts and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's an interesting um, take on it. Uh, you you've spoken before how you feel like this. You felt like this was going to be a big episode. It was gonna it was gonna kind of yeah. uh, put a lot forward for the MCU. Strange's uh, position in the MCU, how it affects kind of the snowball or the butterfly effect of that kind of episode and stuff what is your opinion about that now do you feel like you were right or did you yeah I, I think we're just starting to see i think this is the first instance of the i think the watcher is going to intervene basically do you yeah and a lot of the characters we've been introduced to are coming back in later episodes i hope monster strange doesn't i didn't like him he was cool and all but he was a baddie he was a naughty no no. Here's the thing. At the end of it, I think he is changed by the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen some people I've seen some like... people say, like, oh no, he's still evil. It's like, but he how could he no, he how could he still be he evil? Realized. He's he's gotta have realized. Yeah. Like Oh he did, because he yeah. was just like, please, like 
you can't destroy the world because yeah. of my selfishness. Like I'm, a, I'm an absolute fucking idiot. It, it, um, it wouldn't make sense but, for him to still be bitter at this point. Yeah, it's like serial killers who find God. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's leaning back more towards the the side of good by the end of it. But um, I do think the Watcher is going to intervene mm. and is going to draw a few characters together for okay, something. Different, different things. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that'd be pretty exciting. Yeah, do you ever wonder, like, like you watch some of those things and serial killers finding God in prison and stuff, and it's just like, they're never, they're never sorry. They're not. They're sorry they got caught. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between that. And they only find God because it's pretty much the the humane thing to do but there's still that kind of killer inside because i know that sounds awful but it's like they're still just they they, they can do it they don't feel empathy so they they could just as easily kill someone and still feel nothing over it because their brains don't work that way yes if they got if they they, 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 one last hit they might be they might be able to see they might be able to see why it was wrong and they might be like they they can maybe even intellectualize like any sort of treatment that they might get for like helping show why Mm. it's wrong they might understand better to why not do it and everything but their brain doesn't like i said it doesn't have empathy in the same way so like if, if if they were to get lots of whether it's through religion or or therapy or something they might understand better and they might be better at resisting, but they don't feel remorse in the same way. So under any, like under the right conditions, they're, they're just as capable of doing it because they don't have the same thing kind of preventing them from doing it that, that other people would. Mm. Which is scary. Yeah. It is scary. It is fascinating. But there's different types but, uh, as well. Like the, the, there's psychopaths who will never be violent. Oh, of course, like yeah. They, they won't feel empathy in the same way, but they'll also know not to to do those things. And they, yeah, there's, they, like, there's a spectrum of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, pretty scary stuff. Um, Doctor Strange, I thought it was excellent. I liked it. Uh, what's your favorite episode so far? I'm not sure. I, I've liked them all kind of evenly. Yeah, yeah. I think I I like this one a lot. This one probably had the strongest. Uh, like emotional I was going to say, yeah, it emoted, it had it, yeah, it emoted the most kind of... Yeah. Cumberbatch yeah. did a really good job selling the kind of anguish because we've only met McAdams' character in one film. Yeah. So we're relying on him to sell the the pain of losing I, her and I think he did a good yeah. job of that. I hope he, I hope she comes back for more. Well, um, she's, she's coming back for Doctor Strange too. Yeah, you're, I, yeah, I know you're saying that, but like, kind of whatever, the, whatever reasons and stuff like that. Like, but uh, because, like, to be fair, like, kind of, again, she's another phenomenal actor that like is underserved in the MCU to a degree. This is the third time she's been involved in a time travely story. Uh, she was in about time, about time, and the time traveler's wife, the one with Eric Banner. I've, I've never seen that one, but about time is brilliant yep it's so good have you seen it no no oh watch it watch it it's excellent anybody who hasn't watched it 
watch it. It's like a kind of romantic comedy thing kind of thing, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of heart in it, like a lot of good stuff in it. It's brilliant. Um, um, I always get it wrong, but it's Rachel McAdams, Donald Gleeson, I think, mm-hmm. and there's a Bill. I always get his name wrong. Bill Nighy or something. Um, he was in Underworld. He was in Love Actually. Uh, he's in a great movie on Netflix called The Hope Gap. If no one has seen it, The Hope Gap on Netflix is a kind of romantic, no, not, I wouldn't say romantic drama, but it's a it's a very good, good drama. If you've not seen The Hope Gap, again, people go watch it. It's uh, really, really good. Do you know the guy I'm talking about? He's he's the stepfather in Shaun of the Dead. I don't remember. I, I think I know who you're on about. You're on about, like, he's in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yes, I think so. He's Davy um, Jones. Squid Face. Mm, no, I don't think he's Davy Jones. Isn't that like Peter something? No, he's Squid Face. Bill Nighy. Yeah, it is Bill Nighy is his name. He, um, he's Davy Jones, isn't he? I'm not too sure. I thought that was somebody else. I thought that was um, the... Oh, no, 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 no. no. You're... Skarsgård plays Bootstrap. No, not Skarsgård. Who's uh, Skarsgård? I was thinking the guy, Peter something. If, if Bill Nye, he is, yeah, he is, he's in, yeah, you're right, he's David Jones. He's a, he's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. I know I couldn't remember his name, but I do like No, you got stuff. it right. Um, about time, though, he's in that as well. Uh, uh, if, you, if you've not seen it, watch it, though. About Time is genuinely very, 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 very good and very, like I said, it pulls on the old heartstrings uh, for time traveling kind of. Like uh, I think people people uh, would, would could could watch like say like or see the DVD cover and totally um, pass over because it's like from the from the creator of Love Actually and Notting Hill and uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral about time and it's just like oh that's just a, a love story but it's such a fantastic take on time travel and all that kind of stuff it's very very cool. I, yeah, I was gonna say I missed the last few minutes. Um, did we did we cover the episode? Kind of, but I was gonna say. Uh, really really run down cool lots of feeling in it like kind of pulling the old hair strings you really felt for strange cumberbatch is awesome monster designs are cool uh, the monster designs were great weren't they? stuff mm-hmm. yes what did you think I'm, i mean much the same as you like I, I i was i really enjoyed that process of the the monsters appearing um there's i there's some of the humor that i just don't latch on to it's like trying to play the name joke again you know, it's Armani. Well, Armani, come with me. Oh, it's strange. Well, no stranger than any other name. Like, oh, I like that stuff. It's the same thing Coulson did in the last thing as well. You know, like he's a space pirate god. I enjoy, I enjoyed the episode overall. It was cool seeing, um, it's cool seeing Wong as well. The protection spells. Um, it's funny how they represent that magic to a degree. Like, like Doctor Strange literally punched the magic off. <laughs> I like how the last one he was just yeah. able to brush it off. Yeah. I did like the moments. It, it felt very natural as his power increased that he started to sort of... His perceptions expanded to the point where he could see the Watcher. Or, mm-hmm. or sense him. I thought yeah. that was a really nice touch. And a nice way of sort of introducing the idea that the Watcher could become involved. The Watcher is definitely going to become Oh, absolutely. Anytime the Watcher appears in a comic book, he tells you he can't get involved and then he gets yeah. involved. I can't do shit. And then it, he does shit. Yeah. I love yeah. the watch. I didn't see nothing. Slip me a five. I saw something. <laughs> <laughs> the watch is like, oh, I hate drama, and it's just like in everybody's business behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't like drama, yeah. but I'm I'm also all about 
I just I enjoyed seeing more Doctor Strange, you know, and and in a standalone concept, um, like in the same way that I enjoyed seeing Wong pop up in Shang Chi. Has Kev seen it yet? Yes. Kev has not no. seen Shang Chi. Okay. Then. But I, I saw Wong is in mm. the trailer. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's spoilers. Yeah, no, I, no, I'm I'm happy to duck out if you're going to start going into Shang Chi. Yeah, we we are in a moment. Um, so what I want to do here is Brian and I did make a point of going to see Shang Chi, and Brian is away next week, and um, you know we're here on opening weekend. We have seen it. Let's do a little bit of a chat of it. I'm conscious for the listeners as well. We always do say that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. And we're going to go into it. But first, we're going to address the competition that we've been running on Instagram. So we have been running a competition to get our followers and listenership up. Uh, At the goal of 150 followers, we're doing a giveaway of a commission. Uh, I will be contacting the winner, asking them a character they like, and I will be drawing an A4 black and white ink bust along the lines of the stuff that you see on my instagram at sully draws so what i've done and i'm going to share my screen with the the two remote lads is i have taken an export of the names of all of the people on our instagram and i have fed it into an online wheel of fortune kind of jib jab and we are going to run this thing and we are going to get a winner out the other side of it. I will check that it is a real person, and uh, we will contact that person. Um, yeah, and just, like, I've filtered out, you know, like, my art account follows our account as well, so I've made sure that I'm not in it to win it. Y'all can see my screen? And, and my mum. Oh, your mum's in there. She entered. So, let's see what we get when we spin the wheel. Your mum. <laughs> She's enough of my <laughs> terrible drawings her whole life. Um, I will post this... I'm doing a screen record as well, so I will post this video of the winner selection to the Instagram. Um, here we go. Click. God, is it's very slow. There. My brother told me before he didn't want any artwork for presents oh, anymore. All right, well, sorry, Benny. Any of your artwork, Kev? Is it? Mm, yeah, mine. Ouch. So let me just check that this is a real account because, you know, the internet. Uh, congratulations to gear.thrasher on Instagram. Brad, uh, you do seem to be real. So congratulations on being congratulations real. Congratulations being real. Uh, I will be yep. getting in touch over the next day or two as we post the episode and we post the winner video up online. Um, tell me a character. I'll draw them up. We'll send them off. Congratulations. Thank you for following the Endless Stream. Thank you for listening in. If you haven't been listening, please listen. Um, we will run another giveaway. How will they know to listen in? Uh, I'll post this video. We'll make a clip of this and put it on the Instagram. No, like how yeah, how, how will people the... not listening know to listen? Well, if they follow the Instagram, they're going to see it on the Instagram. They might not listen to yeah. the podcast, like most of my friends and family. <laughs> I was I was going to say, um, I was going to say, yeah, if you do listen to the podcast. Or if you like the podcast, do do share it on the social medias. Share with friends or people who could be enthusiastic about it, whatever. We are doing this for fun. We do like it. And mostly it's self-serving, but whatever. Uh, we do we do hope people tune in and listen. Aiden, Aiden might be having a stroke. I can't see Aiden anymore. 
But uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, do listen. It means a lot to us. Uh, Aiden puts a lot of work into editing. We 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 get together and really enjoy this and have fun. And we'd like to, uh, more people to be involved. Send us messages. Send us voice notes. Send us emails, Instagrams, whatever. Let us know what you're watching. Suggest stuff for us to watch because sometimes we don't know what to watch. Sometimes Aiden suggests Aiden has Daisy a reality TV show. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So do 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 kind of like, the more kind of people involved in giving us like like messages or suggestions and stuff the, I think the more fun and kind of like inclusive it can be does that make sense whatever my belly is rumbling so much since we've started doing this and this is episode 25 that should be noted as well 25 um mm-hmm. which is kind of worked perfectly since we've started this as well like we have connected very casually but friend in friendly ways with other podcasts on on the owl instagram as well so you know shout out to geekable podcast shout out to too drunk to be sober Across the Bifrost is one that I just started listening to as well. Those guys are doing like deep dives on the the lore of Thor. Thor lore. Thor lore. The guys at Geekable have uh, some great interviews with some comic creators, so definitely check them out. Guys at Geekable, guys at Comic Booked, the podcast, which is you know fun, sort of like introducing people to Matt takes his girlfriend Katie on a hilarious journey through the comic book world, one character at a time. So these are just you know obviously there's a big podcast community out in the world, and we're dipping our toe in and. Shots, 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 shots. Right. With that, Brian and I are going to have a quick chat about uh, Shang Chi. So, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen Shang Chi yet, this is your, your, uh, I guess, thirty-minute warning. Get the hell out! Oh, get the hell out! No, and get so, the hell out! Go watch the movie. Come back and have a I listen. Feel like that was directed more to me, folks. No. Kevin can fuck himself. Get the hell out! <laughs> um, okay, text me when you're done, so I can turn off my com- so I can send you the files and turn yeah. off my computer. I'll well, just leave it running. if we're done, just. Turn it off and send me the file. If you're done, you know, just bounce. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, turn yeah. it off and send me the file. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Can't wait to see Shang Chi. I will. I, I won't be able to listen to this podcast until I see it. So. Yeah, well, I mean, you can listen to the point where we tell you to jump off. Up until right here, where we say, "Go, scram." Oh. <gasps> so, Kevin, if you're listening to this, don't. Can you s- believe stop. that Thor shows up in this movie? I was really fucking. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, folks. Um, I'm just going to text him now to tell him that that last bit he heard is real. Aiden says sorry for the spoiler. That the word bit is real. Aiden says sorry. <laughs> Wild though. Thor, who knew? More Thor. First impressions, Brian. Did you like it? Uh, I was loving it, and it lost me at Soul Suckers. Short answer. Yeah, no, I, I was loving it, and family drama. Most interesting point, and then so there's like, oh, there's a there's a mega Soul Sucker, and these other Soul Suckers, and we got to stop. And it's like, what? I don't give a shit about this. Like, we'll go back to the the family stuff, and it's at the center of the whole thing. So many flashbacks, so much good stuff in there. And then it becomes, I don't like battle scenes anyway. Um, I think Endgame is the only time I've really liked one. Rare exception. And that's because it built to it in a very, you know, rewarding, earned way. Yeah, I don't like battle scenes anyway. So the fact that, I know I'm jumping right to the end here, but like my first impression is that I was enjoying it so much. I was like, this is good it feels a bit different it's kind of new i'm impressed with so much of it 
and I, I, I'm not saying I dislike it either. It's just at the very end, I was just like, it seems like uh, afterthought or revision that they were like, we need to punch this up in some way. What if there's a, what if we do like we did in Black Panther, where there's a kind of an army, um, except instead of rhinos and armor, it's um, magic monsters. And what what are they going to fight? I don't know. What about um, what about this big soul sucking thing? Like, yeah, cool. What, what do we call the soul sucker? I don't know. We'll come up with a name later. Um, and then they just, you know, it, it. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like they revised it. They tried to punch it up a bit, and it's just out of nowhere. Everything else is so well built up over the course of the film and then it's like they gave see now i really enjoyed it until you started until you said that and now i'm like i suppose you're right (laughs) fuck but Um, i did too like i I was really enjoying it i was like i was loving so much of it and yeah so let's go back a bit that that, that's just my kind of overall impression is that uh it would have been a top top marvel film for me but it lost me a bit at the end but let's go back a few steps maybe Okay. Let's talk about the story. So, quick um, story summary. So, Shang-Chi introduces the concept of uh, the Ten Rings as this powerful, life giving weapon that keeps its bearer immortal and just completely a force to be reckoned with. Um, he builds an army, builds an empire, lives a thousand years, seeks more power. Not Shang-Chi, Wenwu, just to clarity. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear his name clear enough to actually say oh. it to anybody. Wenwu. Wenwu. Because um, he only says it once. He says it once, I think, yeah. Um, and it here, here's a funny thing. Like, that was, is it funny or is it just lack of, I don't know, fucking cinema going savvy, tolerance or whatever the hell might be going on. But, um. I was really looking forward to this. This is the first time I've been to the cinema since August 2020. I booked my seat. I had my eight seats around me, my orbit. That, like, they don't let anybody sit in, in, or, you know, you can't book those seats around you once or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, of course, some woman comes in and sits directly behind me with her two kids. Now, I'm... Last time I was at the cinema, somebody was directly, like, one in front and over. So they were in the wrong seat and I moved. Luckily, there was quieter, but I was just like, I got so mad. (laughs) It's like, you're in the wrong fucking seat. (laughs) I was, like, they weren't directly behind me, but, like, they should have been one seat further left. Mm -hmm. And it just... Same with this guy who was in front. He should have been one further left. And I was just like, God damn it. But it really is hard to get into somebody out there over it. You know? Oh yeah. So, well, like I said, I was lucky. I was able to yeah. just move to my right. But yeah. yeah, and that's that's kind of what I did. I didn't like when I was booking my seats. I could have booked the one on the edge, but I booked one in to leave myself that one on the edge plus the alleyway or the the stairwell. Um, but it's just as a little a little bit of tension. But basically, I just I let it go and I sat there. And the two kids were under ten. And then the movie started, and there's a lot of subtitles. And those kids did not read a one of them. I was just like, shit. Like, this movie... Like, they kind of are the right age group for this film. Mm -hmm. They're kind of right who it's aimed at, but they weren't reading those subtitles. And 
I think they disconnected immediately. And I think mm-hmm. at one point I heard a kid go, do we have to watch this thing? Oh, wow. Like they oh. like that was like half an hour in. Do we have to keep watching this? And. Hmm. Is it 12? Is it 12 A's? The I'm rating? not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe they're a little young, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Because um, I liked the fact that it was subtitled at the start. I was like, oh. Good. 100%. You know? I, I, w- I was like, this is what this needs to be. Yeah. I don't want them to be, you know, pandering to the audience. Like, let's, let's, I love the fact that he's like, he knows four languages and they're speaking these, you know, even if there is, you know, quickly to, you know, there's always a bit of English in there to bring, <laughs> bring yeah. the sort of general audience back. It does a bit of the kind of, kind of hunt for a Red October thing where they, they talk you know, Russian for a couple of seconds. And, and then, then go, have you been English? practicing your English? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to practice my English. All right. I too can speak in English. Um, yeah. I just, I just thought it was funny. I just had that opportunity or had that moment to think about the children being brought to see it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this kid's immediately out, you know. Um, I really enjoyed the film and every time there was a fight scene there was definitely a point in it where I just went oh they are not iron fisting this like they are a, a point is being made um, when we saw the trailer and I was like I don't necessarily like the floaty crouching tiger stuff they, it was really well done it was yeah it was and it was, it was done it's a deliberate homage to hero yeah. and house of flying daggers, house of flying daggers well. yeah. and and crouching tiger yeah and, and I, I think I, like it, I think it landed well, you know. I think it played out well. Yeah, and yeah. It, the 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 way the movement and the style of martial arts as practiced only by the gods in Talo, this this mystical village, you know, this is where you see that happening, mm-hmm. and it it's not what we see in the the wider world. Um, yeah. And when he's confronted with it, it's just this different energy, and it becomes a dance, and it's like their first meeting, and. I, I thought it was great. I was I was really smiling and mm-hmm. so yeah. He he finds the rings. When Wu finds these rings, they've kept him alive. He's he's been the dominating figure in the shadows for centuries, and then he meets this woman in a magical village in the nineties, and she changes him, and he's got two kids, and then she dies, and the two kids one stays and one runs away. That one being Shang-Chi. And we catch up with him in present day, post-blip. And his past comes back to get him. And it did so much, so well. It told all of that really well. Kind of going back and forth between, you know, revealing bits of the past and the childhood. And when Wu's, you know, his love for this woman and kind of what's, what's changed that he's now kind of looking for him and then yeah just right at the end they introduced this and even even to be honest like when they were talking about it you know when they're looking at that mural i was still on board because mm. i thought okay th- what is this thing is this going to be is it going to connect to what if possibly mm-hmm. you know is 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 this force we're seeing some other thing that's going to come he up that in, dwells in the dark is what they refer to yeah us? so i i thought maybe it was going to connect to strange or what if in some way and then it's just this bad thing yeah, 
and it's wiped out like they they had a kind of a wakanda type society because we see these skyscrapers and stuff they have and this thing wiped it all out they don't even say that they say they, they actually say our society is more than this village they, they say or, they, they don't say we had they say we have i think they said we had i thought it was very present tense that like we're here and now but like you head up the road yeah i i think i think it says both of it but my takeaway was is that we used to have this much bigger society and it's been reduced oh to much less and it goes beyond our shoreline but it's nothing like what it was previously that was my right. take is that okay. it's it's more than that just that village but it's no longer the gleaning towers and stuff but anyway this thing wiped all that out and i was like so what is it like is it what is it, it yeah surely it's connecting to something in the larger marvel universe and then it's just this bat thing and it just it just undersells i mean you know we should be grateful it's not a sky beam i guess but uh, at the same time, I cared so much more about what's going on with the family dynamic and stuff there, especially because what's driving him to it is that he can't get over the fact that he's lost this woman. He's been around for centuries and she changed him and he wanted to change and be better. And the moment she's gone, he's lured back into this this old way and his family need him and yet he can't he can't break away. And you're thinking, okay, maybe it is this thing is is kind of, you know, perverting him in some way. And it's it's just nothing in the end. It's just this, it felt tacked on. And uh, I was a bit disappointed with that. But before all that, it's it's so good. There's so much good stuff in there. The bus fight is loads of fun. Um, I want to say that I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And I'm going to start picking at it and I'm going to start putting, I mean, that's what other angles or other threads or other ways they could have gone. The first time we get a shot of that bus running away over a hill, sliding oh, down yeah. thing, that was an awful piece of CG. Yeah, it was fucking but again, horrible that, looking. that's just time, I'd imagine. You know, there's some yeah. shots just get less rendering than others, and thankfully, it's only one shot. It but was it's, shocking. It's, it's bad. Yeah, um, it was especially when, even... especially when do it practically. Surely, you know. CG the people mm. in it, but and I, I was thinking just, that you know, as obscure well the windows or something, but like do that practically at least. But they was, for they did. I'm sure they did a reason for not. I, I was thinking I was thinking about that concept exactly when we're bouncing from loads of things. But there's a moment where Shang, his father and his sister, clear a mountain field and come over the the base. And I'm like, why isn't this hitting me in a way that feels really impressive? Like it looks impressive and it's fine, but because I know that that mountain that they cleared was a CG element that was yeah. like nuke or you can tell like anytime in. it's it's something that like the recent Bond films have tried to make a point of doing in terms I of locations say, and stuff yeah that's exactly what <laughs> and, I was getting to and, and the second you see it you go oh wow like you, the, you just the know island it's... in Skyfall is it yeah where they see meet Javier Bardem that abandoned yeah island when they when we get a location shot of that thing CG is amazing Real is real, yep. you know. It just, and yeah. There's no comparison. It's it is funny. It just it hits you and it, viscerally like, different. There's so many shots that we probably don't even realize are CG that are you know some composite stuff. But when it's an establishing shot like that, 
you'd have to spend a lot of time you know compositing and rendering to really set it because it just never like there's but, a reason but you still look like you still so... look at it and you go yeah it's great but yeah. if it was real it's just it, it, different it, it, when it's cg it's just a kind of a connective tissue it's like it's just taking you from the last scene into the next one you're kind of like oh i know where i am I know where we are. It, it's an establishing shot. It's mm. just kind of connective tissue. But when it's real, it's like, oh wow! It's it hits yeah. it hits on a much much different. Yeah, because even way, a, you know? as the helicopter comes in, you see four like jeep mm-hmm. things driving in, and I'm like, it kind of has a sort of micro machines. Yeah, like I know those aren't real cars, kind of thing, you know. And it's there's, it's there's even a shot really, kind of towards really the end where but... when Wu's army shows up in their four-wheel drive and it just looks like four four-wheel drive vehicles at a garden center it's a very <laughs> tight shot it's just wide enough just to fit these and it's up above and it like it's yeah. lush and it's green but it, it just looks like they pull it looks like a set it looks like yeah. four cars pulled up in a set and it, it doesn't I, ruin anything but it's just look they, no, they've, they've got to make decisions where they, it's, yeah. it's just you can you can just step observations go, yeah if we had Amazon unlimited money. Let's go get all these shots for real because that's mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna yeah. hit, you know. We talked about this initially and like episode two or three of this podcast, I remember sort of going, Oh, it's a fight film. It's a tournament fight film. Yeah. It it isn't quite that. No. And what what we were talking about there in relation to Wenwu's arc and his goal, like I think what they were trying to do was make him as kind of empathetic or sympathetic a character as a, a Thanos. Turn something that we have kind of associate as a sort He's of evil thing one and assign of my him human motivations. Favorite actors as well. And he just does such a great job. Tony Leung. Yeah. Like Chunking Express amazing. is one of my favorite films. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been a fan for a long time and uh, I'm so glad he's in this and he... He's brilliant. He like in in very he does very little to sell that like I'm falling in love. Yeah. To sell fear, to sell menace. He's so good at being like terrifying but also gentle and charming. I lo- he's one of my favorite actors. Easily. The moment and when he's seeing his wife and child and Razor Fist says something and it brings him back and he's so vulnerable but realizes oh i'm exposed bring it back to me mm-hmm. like you see that range of loss vulnerability realization he does it all with so little show. he's incredible yeah. um, um so what i was getting to there though was it wasn't the fight film i thought it was going to be and <laughs> if you then go and it's well, a better well, film well, for it <laughs> for being it's a better film for being what it actually is like yeah you think it is yeah i think so okay so what I was going to say was the follow-up question to me going, I want it to be a fight film, is what could it be as a fight film that would be sort of emotionally cathartic or or, or relevant? And I don't know how you connect it to the movie Warrior, but that is a film about the relationship between brothers and a yeah. father. And it managed to center the 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 fractures in that relationship and any reconciliations that happen around a fight tournament and and pull that off. Um, now, 
does having that as a template immediately tell you what a Shang-Chi fight film could be that would, would, you know, create that dynamic between father, son and daughter? It doesn't necessarily, but like it just is an example of how it could have gone. And then it became this. I get what you're saying. Like Chinese mythology thing. I don't mind the mythology so much. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a better film if it just centered the that family thing more and whether it follows Warrior and the tournament aspect. Yeah, that's that's one way maybe it kind of would have been better. But mm-hmm. I think it also could have just... It could have just been him going to the the village. Like, there didn't, necess- there didn't need to be a big battle scene. Like, mm. it could have played out much the same way just without that battle stuff it could have just been the two of them outside the gate and then have whatever be on the other side um and that that still would have centered because essentially it came down to him telling his dad your family needs you and he finally reaches him kind of when it when it's too late so that family stuff is still there it's just there's this other background stuff going on that was less even if it had been even if it had been you know, this mystical village with all of its magic and all of its power was this, you know, tantalous goal that he had been working towards for a thousand years and had put aside. And now with his dead wife, he sought more power to try and bring her back or something. Rather than, like, this this third-party element that just appears two-thirds of the way into the film who seems to be communicating with him from another dimension you know it just was a bit odd it it felt <laughs> tacked on it felt tacked on and again it didn't ruin it it was just it was the weakest part of it i think for me yeah the the thing is though it did allow for some it, it became a bit white noisy by the time i can't make out which part of what dragon is rubbing up against each other yeah um aquafina suddenly having a a, a, a game-changing archery skill set not that she became amazing at archery, but she was just there with the one arrow yeah. at the right moment. It was a bit like, I don't think we needed that. I think that character wanted that to remain relevant to the story. But like, I don't know, like the uh, these arrows got some hella range. <laughs> Maybe I missed it in the marketing, but I think his sister was underrepresented in trailers and stuff. Like by the time she was she's in the got movie a much him, bigger part than I expected. Yeah. By the time she's in the movie with him, I'm like, this may as well be, you know, the 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 siblings and the ten rings like I I don't know what their surname would be to Shang Chi and Zhu Lang and the ten rings because she is just is part as of that into the narrative yeah is part of that though keeping some of the story back maybe is that why yeah I I think it is just given given the journey they gave that character and the input they gave her because it it is it's as much Aquafina and Katie as well it's very much the two of them and the end of yeah. the film you know puts a kind Tells of a, that, yeah. it underlines that it's like you know it's 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 them you know which is cool mm. um it's a funny like i i liked katie i liked sean i liked julang i thought they were you know as much as much the leads of this film as shang mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um so it's, it is sort of like oh this is this is everybody's movie not just his you know they could have I don't know. I guess he gets his hero title. There was a moment. We're well into spoiler territory. This is the post-credit scene. There was a moment where I thought Wong was about to say, or I thought um, Banner was about to say, he says, "Welcome to the circus," 
but I thought he was about to say welcome to the Avengers and I was like motherfucker's right it was an Avengers because <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian uh, and I thing. had this brief conversation where the marketing was pitching this as Marvel's newest Avenger and I was like you can't just call yourself an Avenger because you've done some super heroic shit. Like, there's a form to fill out. There's union dues. There's there's a wait list, you know? You don't just do something and suddenly you're that. Um, but there is a moment with Mark Ruffalo's banner where he goes, welcome to the circus. And as he said, welcome to it. Oh, he's going to say it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> Brian's right. I'm still right because yeah, we know what he, he meant He has much circus. welcomed them. He has much <laughs> welcomed them to the Avengers. Yeah. Um. Uh, the first post credit scene, really great scene. Really enjoyed it. Great seeing those characters again. Mm-hmm. B.D. Wong plays Wong? Uh, Benedict Wong. B.D. Wong, Wong is... B.D. Wong. Wong is the guy that was in... Jurassic Park. Oz and... Yeah, Jurassic Park, I think. Yeah. And Mr. Robot. Yeah. And stuff I get, like that. I get Benedict Wong two. is... I, I got them mixed up too. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, no, not... not just their names, not their... Yeah, they, yeah they the Benedict clearly Benedict. They're very, very different, different looking human people. beings. <laughs> Benedict Wong is such a great comedic performer. And yeah. when I first saw him, he was a much more wiry individual. <laughs> and he has really matured into this character of, you know, without being smart, weight. You know, the mm-hmm. his presence, his physical presence, the weight of his voice. He's he got played, a great voice, yeah. He played... Uh, Genghis Khan in Marco Polo, was it? or Was it Kubla or Genghis? I can't remember. He played uh, Khan. One of the Khans. He played, he played one of the Khans. Um, he's, he's just got a great... He's got a great presence at this point, you know? And when he walks into a room, he, in conjunction with the Marvel teams and writers and whatever, they've turned what was a fairly terrible stereotype character into something really significant and and heroic you know he's an aspirational figure it, it probably helps that they cast somebody whose actual name is Wong that nobody could say you just plucked yeah. like a random yeah. Asian sounding name it's like no 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 <laughs> nope. it's it's actually it's, his name it's, legit. And his it's, it's his name. name so yeah so yeah can't, um, can't score points on us for that one do you think the rings tie to the Eternals I don't know I was thinking something else. Because they start because, putting out a signal. Yeah. but And they they got that gold glow that we start associating with the Eternals. But, yeah. But then, the Eternals are on the planet anyway. Mm. They never left. So, who's it signaling? Well, they, they talk and about it, it, the... It, it would also suggest it's calling something from outside, not something already present, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think they're setting up uh, Galactus or something. Because the, the Eternals trailer does talk about the notion of, you know, a, a signal or a sign or a, a you know, but it's starting it's an a, event. It, it's a very there was enough energy to trigger. Yeah, I know what the plot is, and I don't see how this matches up to that. Okay, I'll say no more there, but okay. without spoiling stuff. But it, it it could still be that. But to me, it seems uh, like unnecessary extra steps. Hmm. To me, it it 
to me, it, it doesn't complicate it. It just, there's better ways to connect it. I don't think that's what's going on here. That'd be my okay. guess. Because they, I guess they do have to justify. But you see, I mean, are you overthinking it? You know, because they really do want to set one film up with the next. And they do ask, like, how long has this technology been? How long did your father have this? Oh, a thousand years. And before that, it's been here longer. It's way older. You know, like, maybe it is just as direct line as that they're trying to, you know, set you up for the next thing that's coming in a month. But then make it more obvious. Like, the fact that we're questioning what it is. Yeah. Whereas previously we'd be like, oh, that's, you know, at the end of... um at the end of Winter Soldier, we know like how that's connecting mm. to Ultron or whatever, you know. And but the, I there's an element see... of we're not as familiar with what's coming. You know, I don't know all the lore that would tell me tell me what's coming from an Eternals franchise, like the the and and also how they're reworking it because the Mandarin's rings were gemstones stolen from Fin Fang Foom's spaceship mm-hmm. in the version of it I saw. That's why people thought that dragon was Fin Fang Foom, because there yeah. is that connection. And they were very much, you know, fingers rings. Or even if Fin Fang Foom was behind the gate, or some version of them. Yeah. But yeah. But no. And they, they kind of touch on the, like, it was stolen from a tomb or a vessel. Like, it's hard to know what they're, you know, what way they're reinterpreting or reusing things, you know? Yeah, I, I just, I feel like, the Eternals would have permission to intervene if a human was walking around with their, with their tech. technology, yeah. given that they haven't gone away. I guess the question is, like, I feel like the Eternals movie is going to be dealing with one of them going rogue. I, you don't get to, you don't have to say anything there. I just based yeah, on no, what yeah, I've yeah, read yeah, historically, I, I do yeah. think that there's an element of like, you know, these these Eternals have been set on the earth with one thing, but if you leave a machine running long enough, sometimes shit happens. What did you make of the Abomination? Bit. Gotta be Thunderbolts, right? They're softening him up to make him a bit more palatable as opposed to being a straight villain. Bit of rehabilitation. Yeah, he's working with Wong. He's friendly with Wong. He's friendly with <laughs> Wong, yeah. Yeah. Wong brought him back to... He's also going to be in She-Hulk. So I wonder... Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's not Thunderbolts. Maybe, it's, maybe She-Hulk is about Just her like making the case for um, this guy... Basically, yeah, basically the fact that, hey, okay, you know, this guy has been, I guess, you know, unfairly treated by the system because he was given, he was given experimental drugs and he went on a rampage and he can't be held entirely responsible for that. Maybe um, that, maybe that's the case they're going to make. Like, otherwise it'd be like, why is She-Hulk, you know, defending yeah. the abomination? And it's like, well, you know, he wasn't so bad the last time we saw him. It's like, yeah, he wasn't. He was okay. You know. I'm, I'm really curious how we're going to get to a She-Hulk this late in the game, you know, mm-hmm. like... Like banners pushing sixty by the looks of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, um, you know, his cousin that he gives a blood transfusion to to end up with a She-Hulk. Like that's the original narrative. She gets injured in an emergency blood transfusion leads to She-Hulking. I think like an important part of her character is the fact that she's Hulk all the time. Okay. Are they going to change that? But you see, she she it depends which era of the comic they you're reading, you know. Like, she was Hulk all the time, but then sometimes she was Jen Walters and up and down, you know. Sometimes Briefly enough, Hulk, though, they've, they've always just made her... I, I don't know. I haven't read I just, enough I, standalone Hulk comics, you know, because you, you, you usually see him as an element of a team when you're trying to read the standalone. It's dangerously close territory to a lot of stuff that didn't work 
in the Netflix shows. Yeah. You know, and if it's going to be her that she can be Hulk when in basically if, if, if it's going to be her human most of the time and if it's going to be a kind of a courtroom thing. Yeah. That didn't go great in Jessica Jones or Daredevil. Or Iron Fist, and I, I'd be worried about that show. It's interesting how connected, strange the Sanctum, Wong, Captain Marvel, the Hulk. Like there's there's obviously ongoing work. Like Wong is, I guess, part of the Avengers or part of the Avengers framework. If he's having mm-hmm. conference calls with them, yeah, it's great. I just I was thinking about this again last night. Like the pandemic fucked up a lot of stuff. But this year has been chock-a-block because of mm-hmm. because of that. The fact that we've gone from WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, Hawkeye's coming this year mm-hmm. still. Um, absolutely chock-a-block. Captain no Way Home shooting. and Eternals might get moved depending on how well Shang-Chi does though. Yeah, I I hope that because they did announce that Bond is moving again. Is he? I'm not sure. They just something moved. Something moved again. Oh God! What the fuck was it? I I just seen a trailer and then they were like, "Oh, we're moving it again." Venom Venom moved. moved. Yeah. They just released a trailer for Bond, so I don't know if that's going to move again. Yeah, but it might. (laughs) It's so funny. Just. I was really happy to see. I think I was telling you I watched Kung Fu Hustle the night before going to see this and the landlord from kung fu hustle is in he's in this the archer who dies the older archer yeah uh that's the landlord from kung fu hustle um i was just thinking like when he shows up in kung fu hustle i just start laughing straight away like he's just (laughs) his i love that film so much uh he's so funny his like you know his kind of physicality is very kind of he's so funny and kind of louche in that and it was cool to see him in in this i was like i reckon i was kind of surprised they even recognized him i was like is that that i'm pretty sure that's the the landlord from from kung fu hustle and it is every line ben kingsley had the audience laughed the screening that i was at they laughed at every line um it's my favorite thing about iron man 3 i'm not really a fan of that film but he kind of saves it for me i think his accent is a bit more pronounced than this i feel like he he worked on the liverpoolian yeah because he's not liverpool in well he's doing I a performance in, in iron man he's still the mandarin no but he, even like when he's you know with the the two women and stuff i don't know but then also he's he says he got sober so yeah maybe, maybe that's it but it bothered me a little bit i was like Dude, he got a laugh every every line the screening I was the screening I was at, so it's kind of cool to see him. He was in it longer than I expected to as well. It wasn't just a yeah. Do you think he stays in Tallow doing his Hamlet? Why wouldn't he? Right, the fucking line where he was like, "How did they get those monkeys to ride those horses?" <laughs> <laughs> and then my mother said, "It's just acting." And I was like, "Wow, if those act- monkeys can act like that, imagine how good I'll be." So you got into acting because you believed because I believe those monkeys were riding horses, but they were just acting. That is, that was genius. Mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, yeah, it's great. He's got great comic timing and delivery. 
Uh, I'd like to think the shot on the bus was a little kind of an old boy reference. Just as they go into the tunnel and he pulls his pose and then we see the camera from the, the side and he's going from the right to the left. And he's just clearing guys off the bus and it reminded me of old boy, um, which I appreciated. There's great stuff in that bus. Like even just the, the first moment he throws a punch that is just yeah. so, so directional. He's great as well. He he looked really good doing doing the stuff he did. He's got yeah. good good movement. Mm. Um, yep, yeah, it's a good sequence. Uh really enjoyed it. I was like I said, it didn't it didn't ruin it for me at the end, but like I was so impressed just, at so many different points. A, it just got a bit pantomime with the like here are the toys that we can sell with the dragon scale shield and the dragon yeah. scale staff and here's your costume. Here's yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Buy a Funko of this thing and this yeah. thing, yeah. which but, I'd forgive it, but it just—it's very last minute. I felt. Yeah, yeah. Buy your Guardian line. I think that's it. Should we tell Kev to come back? <laughs> nah, this went a little easier without him. 